This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Bat-tastic episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. So, Batman Detective Comics 1000 released today. Mm -hmm. Uh, A seminal moment in Batman's 80-year-long history. Hashtag long live the bat. Welcome, uh, everybody, to this Bat-tastic episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the legacy of Batman as it pertains to us as readers and Bat fans, um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite runs, some of our favorite moments, and where we think the character might be headed in the next 80 years of his future. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll also touch a little bit on the current issue that has been released today, Detective 1000, but we're going to try really hard not to spoil too much because we want you to go out and pick it up if you haven't already. Um, and of course, if you're catching this after the fact, you probably already have it so you can read along with us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Joel. You have your copy, I assume? I have my digital copy. It's on my other computer, but yes, I, I remember what was in it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, the uh, folks at DC were kind enough to give me a copy of it uh, hey. on Tuesday, so I got a chance to look through it uh, then. Unfortunately, I then had to get up two or three hours after that and fly for six hours, Oof. so I don't really remember much of what I read because I <laughs> fell asleep halfway through. No uh, offense to the book. It was actually incredible after the fact, but uh, mm-hmm. Jesus. But it was a rough, it was a long weekend. Uh, a good weekend, but a long one, and it was mostly in celebration of Batman and his history. We can talk more about that later on. I think there's an NDA involved, which I really can't get into too much, but like, if you follow us here on Comic Pop, if you follow our Instagram or Twitter, um, there's a number of different ways to see what we were up to this weekend, and uh, a lot of fun pictures. So, at the very least... Eat. Be your own world's greatest detective. Piece it together. Exactly. Uh, I will say that the people over at DC Daily uh, remade their entire office to be bat-themed. They had these huge murals depicting key, iconic panels from some of the best Batman books of all time. We had an image from Mad Love. We had an image from Year One, Dark Knight Returns, Hush... Uh, just full wall things. I was like, I can't believe I'm on the other side of the country because I know you can't keep all of these on the walls. <laughs> Can I have one of them? I have a couple of walls. <laughs> like, in 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 deference to Batman's big day, I'm shooting the episode of the Elseworlds Exchange here in the Bat Issues set. That's uh, a sister show, Bat Issues, where we talk about only Batman comics. Um, as you can see, there's a number of fun Batman memorabilia, and I would love to have like a huge wall thing of Batman. Um, incidentally, they also had um, costumes screen-worn by all the actors. Mm. Out on display without any protection. Where anyone could touch them anyone with their grubby fingers. Them. In the lobby was Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze suit. Oh, wow. And, like, people were posing with him. I'm like, that's probably worth a lot of money. But the, mm-hmm. the level of trust and dedication that they showed was just really humbling um, <laughs> and uh, and it was really cool to see it up close it was really like I, w- I got to look at like 
Keaton's suit. You could, you could see beads of dried sweat from Keaton's just like miserable self inside. <laughs> uh, it was incredible. Uh, so yeah, uh, before we jump into the full show, there's a lot of things that make the show possible. One of them, Super Chats. Uh, we are going to be reading a bunch of Super Chats from you guys, sharing probably, hopefully, your opinions and thoughts about Batman and his legacy to the zeitgeist slash culture. Uh, those help keep the show alive, and we do appreciate it. And it also allows us to like actually give back and talk more to you specifically during the show, make you part of it. Uh, the other thing that helps out is the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comicpop. All links that we mention are in the description below this video. That helps keep this studio mine as opposed to some, I don't know, printer or photography <laughs> studio. Uh, but right now, it looks like everybody's like dream comic book store, and it's all thanks to you. Uh, so that's great. Also... If you want a little more bang for your buck, Elseworlds Exchange Wives, there's a sister show called One Shots that Joel and I do. Oh, yeah. It's only found on that. So if you go to patreon.com slash compop, you get a free brand new podcast. Well, it's not free, but it is a podcast that's over there. Uh, Too hot for YouTube. You never know what we'll be talking about. This is true. And it also, because it's Patreon, we can talk about anything. Oh, yeah. We don't have to worry about monetization. We don't have to worry about uh, content. We don't have to be like, oh, we could talk about laundry, and it'll be really in-depth. It won't <laughs> we, be we, re we rebooted the Crow movie. We created the most 90s-tastic hero. We talked about the mall and how to fix the real estate crisis. We certainly did. These are but a, but a taste of what you could find over there. So many episodes and so much more. Behind the scenes, early access, that kind of thing. But uh, check that out. Sorry about the plug, uh, but, you know, that's what we got to do. Gotta keep um, these lights turned on. Yeah, gotta keep the lights on. I mean, you know how it is, people. We gotta get that scratch. Uh, also, if you're thinking about joining the uh, DC Universe app, uh, if you use the um, promo code BAT80SALDCU, it's a lot, it's a mouthful, I understand, but you save 20% off of a year-long subscription. Unfortunately, it's not available in Canada or other places. <laughs> Yeah, my, my snow money is no good to them. I don't get it because, uh, you know, the dollar runs a little further out there. But uh, still, um, if you do want to try out DC Universe and you want to save 20% off an annual uh, subscription, use the promo code BAT80SALDCU or just click the description below this video. It's right there. You can use it there and subscribe and, and, and check it out. I actually did use it while I was there because mm -hmm. before I left I downloaded like six episodes of the animated series yeah and all the Doom Patrols and yeah. watched them on the plane because it was a five and a half hour flight I'm gonna I gotta watch something how friggin' good is Doom Patrol? It's unbelievable. Uh, it's otherworldly. It's hard to believe the same DC television that made Titans made this show. I can't believe that it's so well received because it's so yeah. bizarre and out there and dark like, I can't believe they got it right. Yeah, not only got it right, but the level of accuracy. They, like, do the whole, like, uh, uh, book of the unwritten word, you know, the weird scissor monks and everything. Like, this is just straight up issue 31 to 33 of Morrison's Doom Patrol. Right. Uh, it, it also pays homage to different runs of Doom Patrol. Yeah, it does. Uh, and it, it's nuts. The second half, I think, is coming up really soon. So if you haven't already figured it, it out, you should. Also... I saw a little swamp thing. I know you saw a little swamp thing. And, and Joel's a little... How is it? Does it stack up to Doom Patrol? Can you say that much? It is nothing like Doom Patrol. Oh. It's like, from what I saw, I can only say what it looked like to me was like a horror-themed police procedural. Mm -hmm. It was like a set... It was like Seven meets DC. 
Like that could go either way. Yeah. Now that was a 12 second scene, but that's true. I got to tell you, like I saw them like build the swamp and I saw some of the aftermath of swamp thing. I think it's going to be cool. I think it will be too. I mean, if they can get doom patrol, right. I have nothing but faith that they can get swamp thing. Right. Exactly. So, and I'll continue to not watch Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Although Titans is getting a second season. Maybe they'll listen and, possibly incorporate some of those things um incidentally cyborg is really good on doom patrol isn't he they cracked the code on him by making him like the adult amongst amongst a bunch of children by making him the one traditional hero amongst a bunch of people who have no business or interest in being heroes no exactly um and they steal the best stuff from earth one too by having his mom be the one yeah that no. makes him into a cyborg. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Tiffany is raving about this show. She's loving it, uh, and she has so many things to say about it. Hopefully, we'll make a video about her just plugging the show. Like, they, had, they also cast my internet crush, too, from Orange is the New Black as a crazy oh, Jane, and I was, yeah. so ma- I was so mad that she wasn't on that last season of Orange is the New Black. Like, you got rid of my favorite. Then I see she's on this show. I'm like, no, wait, it's cool. It's good. It's all good now. Right, never mind. Don't leave, because yeah. she might be one of the strongest things about the show. Boy, is she ever. I'm, I'm glad everyone sees it now, what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we jump back into the Batmobile, uh, let's talk. About, let's do some <laughs> Super Chats. Um, Taylor Pester says, Tanya's story in Detective 1000 makes me miss his run even more. It was one of the best yeah. stories of the book. I can't agree with you more, man. Tanya in the fourth really nice. knows what's up. He gets his Batman. Though I will say I'm really enjoying Tomasi's detective run. Same. It's it's a nice consultation. I it makes me think if they ever bring back Batman and Robin, Tiny needs to write that. That would be a nice, fun change of pace, and I think that'd be great. Uh, Kevin Myers, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Ben has recreated his Daredevil out story, but with Batman? It may be hmm. derivative, but read the hell out of that, dude. You're not the only one. I think the idea of being like, oh, I'm gonna one more day Batman, but only the part where Civil War did it. Like, Batman's out. It's more or less Batman Incorporated, but with less drama. Yeah, and also, and also too, as we've seen time and time again, Bendis is not above reusing his old ideas from Marvel. He created like a whole galactic council, the first thing when he got to DC. No, yeah, so I would not be surprised. But the thing about it is you got two giant creators slash egos working on the two largest icons of the DC property, Pantheon. Yeah. I don't think... DC slash King will let Bendis change the status quo of Batman without King's approval slash like writing. So, or maybe they will and just hope no one notices. I mean, that certainly seems to be their modus operandi. Uh, AI Citrus yeah. says, long live the bat. I love the no man's land arc. I'm not a fan of dark Knight. He just acts too Snyderish to, uh, though I love year one. Um, I think he's referring to Zack Snyder as opposed to, Scott, Scott Snyder, Snyder. Uh, which is frustrating that diff- two different Snyders worked on two very different interpretations of Batman. Uh, also, too, to say Dark Knight Returns Batman acts Snyder's. No, 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 no. no. That, that's no. Yeah. Anything you might like about Dark Knight, about Snyder's Batman is from Dark Knight. Lifted directly from Frank Miller. In fact, the two have met in real life, apparently, yes. and talked at length. Oh, yeah. Although I will say the suit that Snyder's Batman wears is pure Jim Lee. Yeah. Uh, 
Sidra also says, I meant Dark Knight Returns, not Dark Knight, sorry. No, no we, we knew what you were talking about, so don't worry. Yeah. Uh, Asamoah says, uh, does Batman 1000 have the goddamn Batman, or are they dense or retarded? Mm-hmm. Um, what he's referring to, of course, is an iconic, or rather infamous line from yeah, All-Star infamous. Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, written by Bre- uh, by Frank Miller, by Jim Lee, in which uh, Batman is a psycho who's mean to children. Um, no, there is no Frank in this book. Nope. What the hell? He was busy writing Superman. They wanted to make sure this one actually came out on top. That's what it, Tiffany said. She was like, why would they pull him away from Superman to do this? He also might have just been like, I've told all my Batman stories. I'm done now. I feel like that's not true because money, but I'm shocked there wasn't like a like a one-page Frank Miller moment. Um, yeah. Kobe Thorpe says, uh, so I need to know, do I need to watch Doom Patrol? Well, here's the thing. Nobody needs to watch a television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you love Doom Patrol, then you do need to see it because you're living in a reality where things that people who have gotten to this point in life would have never expected things to happen are happening every goddamn day. Yeah. So, like, if you would ask me 15 years ago, like, hey, did you would you believe that the dude from The Mummy would be in Doom Patrol, a TV show, uh-huh. and it would be really good? I'd be like, why would they get Brendan Fraser to be in a Doom Patrol show? Isn't yeah, he screw huge? off. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, there's no way I would have ever predicted this kind of world. So and that should Timothy. And that Timothy Dalton would be wonderful. Yeah. Oh well, I knew Tim Dalton would be wonderful because I—he is one of my favorite Bonds. It's like him and Connery for me. Yeah. Um. So I love—I love Tim Dalton. He's great in everything. If you've never seen The Rocketeer, he's incredible in that. Hot Fuzz. He's hilarious yeah. and sinister. He's just—he's a treasure. And him playing Niles Calder is like how almost you- perfect casting. I would have like I I would have thought originally. I know Tiffany was like Kelsey Grammer, and I'm like that would have been great. But if you can't get Kelsey Kramer and you want to go British, you get, uh, you get Dalton is Dalton is perfect, too, because if you know the twist that they are inevitably working up to and that I will not spoil here. Oh, I see why you cast Dalton. Yeah. So can't wait. Uh, and Kumar Abhishek says Bendis could be the next great Batman writer. Potentially. Potentially. If they gave him a shot that wasn't a Walmart book. Yeah. Or like this weird one-shot here, proof of concept. And uh, yes, that's right. There is a one-shot in here that is clearly like an Elseworlds-type alternate future Batman book that could easily be like a series. Normally, I would have assumed it was like an Elseworlds book, self-contained, but like in this world of trade paperbacks and series, sequels to things like White Knight, which, why would you do a sequel? But, you know, I trust Sean Murphy at this point. Why not? Yeah. Um you could you could get a whole series out of this universe that he's explored. It's kind of neat because um, it's filled with redesigns and filled with like, okay, so here's here here's now and here's the end of my story. How do we get from here to there? He loves doing that. And Dylan Gupta Cassidy, Cassidy says, "I'm so excited for Detective moving forward. Am I the only one who wants a Guild of Detection book? I don't think I you are. It. I don't think you are the only one. I think I think they were counting on people like you saying, where is this book?'" And, I love. Yeah, go ahead. I love to death that the leader of the Guild of Detection is Slam Bradley, the Siegel Schuster creation that predates Superman. He is Detective Comics' original detective. Yeah. No, that was a great love letter to the to the DC history. Um, 
really, really cool moment. And it was nice to see Snyder and Capullo working together again. Yeah. Did, didn't it feel like coming home again? It did a little bit. Uh, it was weird to see him in like a classic Batman suit as I have never seen Snyder and Capullo do a Batman book together where he's wearing the pre-New 52 oh, yeah. suit. Oh, yeah, I didn't even... Oh, wow, yeah, I, that didn't even cross my mind. Holy shit. Yeah, underoos and everything. Oh, wow. Huh. So, I, I love it, um, because I've been waiting for it forever. The only time I've ever seen Capullo do Batman like that is in a rejected Spawn Batman crossover that Capullo drew the cover for. Yes, I remember you showing me that. It's great. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and Micronic says, Kite Man in two different stories. Hell, yeah. Yep. He's it's getting a lot of groundswell, that Kite Man. Kite Man has a real deal grassroots uh, movement going on. <laughs> Did you think it was funny, too, that in that whole Guild of Detection thing, he comes in there and they're like, oh, here, here are the books of unsolved mysteries. Pick one. I really thought that was going to be the framing device for the story, and then it just ended up not being the framing device for the story. No. It was cool. I mean, Batman picks a book and it's like, all right, here's several stories for you. Right, exactly. Um, so it's uh, it, Detective 1000 is a great, cool love letter to the character. I will say, if I have to crit crit critique this book a little bit. And we do. Did it feel a little thin? All the stories felt really short. I, I haven't got a chance to do the actual number count, but wasn't the action one longer? Wasn't the big like anniversary for action 1000 longer? I really like, I was actually wondering that myself and I couldn't tell you what the actual page count was. I can tell you what the page count is for detective because it says it on the cover. On the 96, yeah. It says 96 pages, which I was like, 96 really couldn't go 100, but all right. Yeah. Also like Denny O'Neill only gets four pages. That seems like you're doing him a little dirty. Right. Uh, uh, how many pages did Kevin Smith's story get? What, he, Kevin Smith got second billing under Snyder. He did. Well, because he's he wrote the like the longest story outside Snyder. I like that one too. Actually, it's funny because that story took me by surprise because I didn't know it was written by Kevin Smith until you read to the end of that. And they're like, "Oh, written by Kevin Smith." I'm like, "Oh, holy shit!" I think he was counting on it too. I like the placement of the credits because you're like, "This is pretty cool." You know, it was a dead giveaway though that Onomatopoeia is in it. Ah, that's right, from his Green Arrow run. I'm like, oh, someone remembers this Green Arrow character. Yep, I, and all, don't forget Widening Gyre, spoilers. <laughs> but uh, how, how could I not? <laughs> but there was a couple things. I'm like, ooh, yeah, Mr. Freeze, uh-huh, Kite Man, sure, uh, Joker, you know, Matches Malone, we gotta reference that. And then I see Onomatopoeia, I'm like, okay, I see what's happening. <laughs> you showed your hand, Kevin Smith, I greatest detective you. <laughs> also, I wonder if it is like in canon what happens here it's a neat idea though it's a, really it's a very neat idea really also too i'm like man you know kevin smith you're you're you've reinvented yourself as a pretty competent tv director for the cw superhero shows i wouldn't be against you writing another superhero comic yeah i think it'd be okay and i think he's got the time now i think he has the chops for it too he does i think uh i also think um what's it called they hate him over at arrow so he's not yeah well, that show dead now so that's it's, that. it's gone it's dead eight, and gone. eight seasons stefan amell wants to go wrestle or do something different he wants to be in ninja turtles 3 yeah B boy does he ever <laughs> by the way i don't know if you know uh ladies and gentlemen we're watching but uh because you didn't see Teenage Mutant Turtles 2 out of the <laughs> shadows uh, he plays casey jones and it might be the worst thing about that movie in a movie that has tyler perry as baxter stockman 
I, I, I did forget all those things. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, Will I am golden. Best moment is the bat family photo. There's a great moment in there where the bat family gets together and poses for a picture. It is really great. Uncharacteristically happy and upbeat for a Tom King story. Isn't it very, I think it was a, you know, it was him trying to be like, see you bastards. I can do that. I, I can choose be not to. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I will be... say it, nice. It was a nice moment. You know, I also was great too. Uh, it was short, sweet, to the point, it also barely focused on Batman at all and instead focused on the sidekicks characters I feel Tom King actually enjoys. Why don't you do this all the time, Mr. King? Well, when he's not writing events in which all the sidekicks die, uh, you know, he's probably thinking about what to do with some of those characters. Even Duke got invited to the party. That was nice. Yeah, because nobody invites Duke anymore. No, not even Snyder, the man who invented it. Yeah. AI Citrus says, I need to play catch up. I, need I read some Nightwing, Titans, Birds of Prey, and lately the Superman Rebirth comics. Yeah, you gotta you gotta catch up, man. Uh, and Taylor Pester, I know Kelly Jones is an iconic Batman artist, but pairing him up with Jeff Johns was kind of weird. His art doesn't fit Johns' writing style. Straight no. up, no. But Jones Oof. is a fan favorite artist. A lot yeah. of people love his work. I'm not one of them, but uh, I like him more as a cover artist than I like him as an interior artist. But uh, it could have been Kelly Jones appeals to so many different types of people. Mm -hmm. It could be that Johns asked for him. Yeah, we've never worked together. I want to work together I at want least to work once. With Kelly Jones on a Batman story, and how often am I, Jeff Johns, going to write Batman stories that won't take six years to come out? <laughs> three Jokers coming soon. <laughs> Batman Earth One Volume Three, almost here, and by almost here, I mean never going to happen. Speaking of Earth, uh, Earth One, there, uh, yeah. you and I were both saying in that particular story, it's like, oh, John's gonna bring in the birthday boy. He's gonna make the birthday boy canon. That's what they're <laughs> building up to, and they didn't. Nope. Who's the birthday boy? Read Batman Earth One Volume One, or watch back issues Batman Earth One. Do that. The, the reaction to birthday boy is hilarious. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, Joel, while we wait to move on to the next super chats, uh, I want you to tell me if you can remember what got you into Batman. Mm, oh, that's rough. That's that's one of those things where it's like, you know, what, what got you into water or air? I feel like Batman has always been yeah. omnipresent in my life. I can't remember a time before Batman. I mean, I, I guess I'll probably say the cartoon did it for me, but I feel like I, I read comics or, you know, like had Batman coloring books even before that. Mm -hmm. I am a, in, a, in the same boat, uh, not the cartoon show, but maybe a cartoon show. I was aware of Batman as a cultural icon before I was aware of him as a comic book, or at the very least, I didn't read the comics regularly mm. until long after I had already had in my mind an idea of what Batman was. Batman for me was stickers, costumes, shirts, toys, cartoons, candy. coloring books, candy, you know, toothbrushes. If I wanted to have a colorful costumed character, my option was Batman. Mm, Maybe Batman's Superman, but for, for a time, you know, Superman did not appeal to me. Um, as I get older, Superman gets more and more relevant, whereas Batman becomes more and more of an affectation. But uh, Indeed, isn't it weird how that works? Yeah, but my first love is Batman, and I can definitely tell you that, like, my first exposure to Batman was, like, kites and cartoon you know cartoons uh the 66 adam west show was one of the first full immersive exposures to batman for me yeah um i was more watching the show for robin 
Mm. As I was a big Robin fan back then. Um, good old Burt Ward. Yeah, good old Burt Ward. He was at the thing, by the way, that we went to the, this weekend. Was he serious? He was, and I, I, I missed my chance to talk to him. And, but uh, But it was still fun. Uh, it was a great panel, by the way. Just watching Jim Lee, Burt Ward, and Sam Humphreys like chat Batman. It's pretty fun. That does sound fun. Yeah, it was moderated by uh, Ralph Garman. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know Garman. Right, I know who Ralph Garman is, and he crushed it. He's, I bet he he needs to come on the show, which he never will. But he <laughs> he is so great and so like professional. He makes everyone else look like they know what they're doing. It's mm-hmm. kind of remarkable. I want him on the show just so he can make us look really, really good. <laughs> uh, a good host is worth their weight in gold. It's true. Uh, but yeah, the show, and of course, uh, I don't know if I've told... I, I've told the story a number of times, but I'll tell a shorter version of it today. Uh, my first exposure to Batman comics was when I was a little boy, like six, and uh, my mom would drop me off at her friend's apartment to sleep over, and her mom would get me breakfast in the morning, which was a, a bowl of sugary cereal. Mm. And she would reach into her china hutch and pull out these large Batman comics. And I was like, oh, these must be, like, for children because they're so big. I knew comic mm. books were the standard, you know, small size. But these larger books, I was like, this is great. So I'm reading these comics, and they're old. You know, they feel like, oh, she must have had these for a long time. Little did I realize when I looked back, I was reading Batman number one. Yeah. From Batman number one, from like 47 or 46 or whatever, I'm reading the original Batman comics like a little boy, like as a little boy, like they were in the 40s over cereal, just enjoying their adventures. Like I read the first appearance of Joker in the original comic book and she had like three or four of them. Not thinking that you had, oh, a super valuable collector's item, an, an antique, something Indiana Jones would say belongs in a museum. Something that needs to be preserved and protected. And I was just like, eh. I didn't get milk on it, though. By the way, I was very careful. I was very respectful of other people's things. <laughs> uh, eventually, one of her daughters would date a big comic book fan. And those comics disappeared. Drat. But he did give me some of his books from his collection. Probably <laughs> because he was, like, getting rid of the stuff that he didn't need anymore. But, uh... Ugh, that's my first exposure to Batman. It's a singular experience because I'm separated from the people who normally had that experience by decades. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, who was your first and, not, not first, but like your, when you think of Batman, whose art do you think of? Mm, man, that's a rough one. Right? <sighs> like just knee-jerk, back of your head. doesn't have to be the best artist. I didn't ask who your favorite one was. Just when you think of Batman, who is it? I'll give you two. Two of them. This is is probably going to sound really weird, but uh, probably like Dick Sprang, like Super Friends era, Silver Age, like the weird-ass Batman. Because it's like, again, that was the Batman of the candy. That was the Batman of the kites for kids and everything. That's the one. It's the guy who, it's like some artists are like, oh, no, we can't do that anymore. But some guys like uh, like James Tucker, obviously, who worked on all the cartoons, he's like, no, man, we got to go back and do some of that. That's right. That's a great pull. I love that Dick Sprang. What a great idea. Um, Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, the uh, episode of Batman, the animated series, they had the whole Dick Sprang segment because they're like, no, man, it's all Batman. This is part of it, too. Right. By the way, if you've not seen Legends of the Dark Knight episode of Batman, the animated series, it is worth it. you got to check it out. It's incredible. 
Um, Carrie Kelly is in it and also Firefly. I was watching um, the Dark Knight Returns animated movie. Mm. When it got to the junkyard scene, I literally closed it and went on YouTube and watched that episode. Actually, it wasn't even YouTube. It was the DC Hep. Not to be yeah. a shill, but I really was watching it. I was, they have all the movies on there. And I legitimately went like, oh, screw this. And I went to the animated series and I pulled up uh, Legend of the Dark Knight, which, no, that was on YouTube. But either way, I was watching the movie on the app and then I went to YouTube. In any case, the Dark Knight Returns sequence in that episode beats everything they did in that movie. Because the voice casting is better. <laughs> the girl who plays Carrie Kelly in the movie is great, but just as great is the young lady who played Carrie Kelly in the animated series. They got Michael Ironsides to play Batman in the episode, mm. and it's just so cool because they had him because they were probably shooting Superman next door. And they're right, like, I didn't think about and that. They're like, all right, you want to play Batman? And it's just it's the voice you would need. And they actually have, like, the line right in the cartoon versus the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, what the leader of the mutant gang says. They do merge the first and last fight into one scene for the for the cartoon episode. Right. But it's just, you could tell they were like, we're ending the show soon. I may never get a chance to do Dark Knight Returns. That's the, the speech. That's the, you know, don't uh, don't call us noisy kids. Don't call us a gang. That's Just... right. We will we'll show you who rules Gotham City. Okay, son, show me. Show me. Uh, what's great about that, too, apparently Frank Miller loved that tune so much. I know Bruce Tim on a commentary somewhere says he actually keeps like a phone message of Frank Miller calling him and saying, I really like that you guys did that on animation for TV. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a frame of animation of Batman in the Batmobile that uh, I think Tim has like the, like the, the cell of something. Mm. Um, he loves it so much. So, yeah, uh, for me, the artists that i think of immediately it's a tie between norm brayfogle that's a good one who was like the batman artist during the time when i was like getting into comics and reading batman regularly and by the way i wasn't reading batman regularly off of the rack i was reading batman regularly out of the long boxes like Mm. i didn't even know about new books i'm just getting all the old books that have that have tim drake robin in them and norm and i'm like if i have them i had to make sure that Bray Fogle was drawing it because I loved his art so much. Like, because there was always the toss-up. It was either Jim Aparo or Bray Fogle. I love Jim Aparo really and ones. his art was great, but I was always like, ooh, like which one has Bray Fogle? And I always just grabbed the Bray Fogle cover and hoped that he did the interior. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Jose Luis Garcia Lopez drew all the Batman stuff that's on your merchandise even today. Yes, all the, this time later. The Batman on my child-sized sleeping bag. The Batman on all the stickers that I was introduced to as a little kid. The Batman who's like swinging on a rope. It's you, it's always Jose Luis Garcia Lopez as Batman. To the point where I was like, I have to meet this man. I have to shake his hand. I have to say thank you. He was at a con I went to recently. And uh, I was like, dude, you... Most people don't even know they're thinking of your art when they think of Batman. It's true. Ooh, I think I thought of my other one too. Okay. Neil Adams. Oh, yeah. How could you not, right? Neil Adams is one of those dudes. He was the Alex Ross of his time. Yes. People were drawing comic books, and it was like, hur, hur, it's fun. Not to discount comic book art from that time. You also have John Romita. No, no. You have John Romita Sr. You have Dis- oh, yeah, Dicko, lots of you know, Jack Kirby, obviously. You have so many different Wolfman Perez, all yeah. those guys. You have, you have pencilers that are defining the genre. 
But then Neil Adams comes along and people just start looking like human beings. Like they just look like they changes were, the game. They were like they were like photographs. And that was a game changer for comics. And um, he's still at it today, which is pretty damn impressive. He's still working today. He's even in the annual. Uh, yes, yes, he is. Story, but he's still like he did a great like he did a serviceable job. Yeah. Um, but Neil Adams, man, good call. I'm surprised it took me that long because I I have his Green Arrow Green Lantern thing that's I got signed up on my wallet. That's what I did. I just looked up. I'm like, oh yeah, Neil. Adams. Oh shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that man, good call, good pull. And plus, just the synergy had with Denny O'Neill, who Denny O'Neill, again, as we said, has a story in this in issue a thousand all these years later. Yeah, Denny O'Neill. Uh, I think people in the know immediately right away think, you know. Think Denny O'Neill, Batman definitive writer. You know that thing you liked? He probably invented it. And that's really the thing is that when you are responsible for creating so much, you, you know, you kind of like blend to the background. He he's he's so contributory to this world and to this like to this character. It's true. Um, what did you? Uh, there were a lot of amazing creators on Detective One Thousand. Who needed like a high five? Who needed to be in this? Who wasn't in this for you? Mm, good question. Uh, yeah, it's it's. We mentioned before Frank Miller. It's funny there was no Miller in this. Yep. As either a writer or an artist, you know, love or hate what he does, his stuff, you know, quintessentially Batman. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me actually pull up a list here of yeah, people who, who worked I, on it. Because I can tell you right now, uh, I didn't see any Tim Sale art. No, there was no Cubert either. No Cuberts. No Cuberts, and there's multiple Cuberts you could have picked from. You could have picked, you could have picked in a number of Cuberts. Uh, you needed a Cubert in this book. No, no Frank Whiteley, no Morrison None. either. No Morrison. No. That seems that seems like a missed. He had a pretty sizable run, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that you couldn't get him anymore, but Jeff Loeb. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, Bridges were burned, and it's a shame. Yeah, it's true. Uh, sim similar with Chuck, Chuck Dixon. Uh, yeah, you do. agree with him politically or not, like, dude contributed yeah. to the world of Batman in a big way, and he was noticeably absent from this world. This uh, is this is true. Uh, who else did some stuff for this one? Uh, no Chaken. No, no. That's weird. No Chaken in there. No, uh, no Monik. No Monik. Oh, Mensch. Doug Mensch. Yeah, yeah, no, what did I call him, Monik? Monik, uh, you gotta, you get the, uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure it out. Um, yeah, no, no, no Doug Mensch. Yeah, uh, but you did get a lot of great stuff in this book. You did get, like, you got a Chris Priest story in here. You did. Which is cool. I did not expect that. No, and, and in truth, I remember now when we talked about action comics, we did the same thing of like, oh, this person was weirdly absent. Yes. There were there were a lot of missing people from both anthologies. Yeah, where it's like, do, do you think it's do you think it's because they're old? They can't hack it anymore, or like, what what do you think it is? I, I think it was real estate. I think it was who we need to like pay our dues to, who mm. we want to keep on retainer, and who we need to uh, you, you know, like. It was who we need to like pay respects to right now. Yeah, uh, and. And also who's available. 
That's true. Should we should we talk about the actual Arkham Knight who they really uh, touted this one as like, oh, and you'll get your first appearance from the Arkham Knight here in this one. And it's the last story. Uh, the Arkham Knight for me, like I, 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 when I flipped through the book, I thought it was just an alternate future version of Batman. Yeah, nope. This is our new villain. But no, it's the it's the big reveal of the Arkham Knight. Uh, you know, you, you you can't not have the Arkham Knight as part of this anymore because like he's too big. That video game, even just from the video game, which wasn't even that well received in the series, and yet still that guy has penetrated the subconscious. And it's not even going to be the same guy in this. No, but that's the thing about the Arkham Knight is, like, the game alone makes him that relevant. Yeah. Because he is, because that game outsold any issue of Batman in the last ten years. You know? Like, that game was so popular, you can't not have Arkham Knight. Yeah, and uh, basically his story just kind of boils down to him, like, reading his manifesto, more or less, where it's like, ah, you know, Batman, who who polices the Batman? Who will be the vigilante to the vigilantes? He just goes around and beats up crazy people. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I've heard worse reasons. I I feel like you already kind of have that um, in the form of a Red Hood Mm. who could easily be that character, like, who could be that role, I mean. No. Oh, but 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 Red Hood is a badass anti-hero now. People want to read about him, so he gets to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Just feels... even though he uses guns that are completely antithetical to everything Batman believes. It really feels like you could just blend. I mean, like obviously you could just blend the two, but like it's just like. But they did. Well, and they did, but like in the comics, it makes more sense to use him there. And he's got to be a new guy, so we got, like, a whole masked man mystery going forward. Like, who is under the mask? Yeah, we got to do a whole Hobgoblin story. Fine, I guess. That's cool. Uh, well, now, do you think because, uh, obviously, Tomasi is such a huge continuity buff, as we saw in the previous one, uh, do you think it's going to be someone we know from oh, greater yeah. canon? Or do you think he's, oh, you don't think he's going to make someone up from scratch? Nah, <laughs> I really think he's going to use continuity. Who, who do we think? Who do we think it's gonna be? Who haven't we seen in the Batman universe for a bit? Who could pass as Arkham Knight? Uh, I mean, you could go the Echo route and make it Harper Row, or oh, that'd be fun. Oh, making her a villain just as she's becoming a hero on Young Justice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because nobody's using her and they forgot about her in the comics. I mean, um, you know, it, it could be anybody. It could be Hugo Strange or mm. or Talia. Who is the guy from Hush? Do- who Dr. was Thomas like Elliot? No, not Dr. Thomas. Who was Batman's old mechanic? His oh, old Harold. Mute- Harold. Is it going to be Harold? Or are we going to see the big return of Harold? Only this time he is the villain. I got to tell the you. the proxy of the villain. If, uh, if, if the Arkham Knight busts out some heavy artillery and some crazy inventions and some really sweet, like, cars then it's definitely Harold. <laughs> it's definitely Harold. That would be fun. See, because that's the thing. It's like, what what weird parts of Batman's history do we don't acknowledge anymore? What characters? Oh, it's Aunt Harriet. It's Aunt Harriet. It's Aunt Harriet, Harriet. yeah. Like, does no one remember when Batman had, like, a mute hunchback mechanic living in the, uh, oh, yeah. in the cave? Like, yeah. Batman's had a long storied history. Um, of just weird one-off characters who used to help him. Exactly. Um, before we get into that, I want to just go back to the Super Chats and make sure we got everybody. 
Um, Sam Anderson says the malleability of Batman from anti from alt from altruist to a hole, James Bond to broken man child. Everybody has a take on Batman, and all of them can be endearing, or at the very it's least, like fan favorites. It's true, no doubt. Um, yeah, Batman is versatile, and like he can be anything to anybody. It, it it stands to reason like if people can like vehemently argue that Batman is and should be a murderer mm. and people can have the exact same tenacity and, and, and fervor about the opposite of that, then Batman means all things to all people. Yeah. Scoro says my most prominent first exposure to Batman would be the underrated cartoon, the Batman as a kid, which may date me. No man. Uh, the, the Batman <laughs> for, for it's like ignorability was actually solid looking and I kind of dug it. Like I've always wanted to watch Batman versus Dr- the Batman versus Dracula because like I I've seen a bunch of episodes just over the years, and each one I was like, "This is a cool episode." Like this is a cool show, you know. It's not a love letter like Brave and the Bold, mm. nor nor does it have the same level as Batman the animated series of nostalgia. Yeah, but the Batman I think was a was a fine cartoon, a fine compliment to the series. Um. Plus, if you have not watched the episode where Mr. Freeze freezes Gotham and Batman's old, you should. It's dope. Um, I've also never really watched that much. You said you wanted to watch the movie uh, Batman versus Drac. Then maybe we should do that for an episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Yeah, exactly. Where we're out of ideas. We'll just sit down and watch it for the first time. Right? I've never seen it. I would love to check it out. Ooh, maybe for it. Halloween. Let's put that uh, on the yeah, docket for Halloween. Uh, A.I. Sidra says, it's so sad that Frank Miller went off the deep end. Agreed. Uh, though I will say, if you ever meet him, he's nothing but friendly and uh, and magnificent. Really? Yeah. He's Interesting. A, he's a really approachable dude. I mean, like, you I can't would... because he has bodyguards. But, like, yeah. if he weren't, you would be able to approach him. I'd say I'd be afraid to approach him, but that's not actually that's not true. That actually did happen when we were in Philadelphia. Yes. He walked by me with his goon squad. And I'm like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's fucking Frank Miller. Yep. And, that, and that's his four bodyguards who were lagging behind you. And Frank's like, are you going to hurry the hell up, guys? Because <laughs> like I was literally like I could have reached out and touched him. Yes, I didn't go to jail or beaten. <laughs> yeah, really. I got to get that phone. I will be right back. All right, go for it. I'll read some more super chats while you're gone. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he just disappeared. <laughs> well, sadly, uh, we're going to miss out on Psycho Red, or Fizco Red, who says, Joel and I share a first for Batman. Mine was Super Friends after school at my grandma's house. Batman Beyond New 52 was my first comic ever. Wow. That's too bad. Because <laughs> Batman Beyond New 52 was not nearly as good as, like, the, the cartoon being your first exposure. Uh, Super Friends, I get it. And uh, I, I I was never a fan of Super Friends, but I get why people would love it. Um, let me make sure I didn't lose him completely. All right, yeah, he can come back in anytime. Uh, Chase Eichler says, Being born in 93 is my first exposure to Batman. Uh, was the 89 movie, was the first movie I ever remember watching, let alone anything with Batman in it. Batman 89 and I have a funny history because I almost went to see it in theaters. I, uh... Uh, my my older sister had told me she was going to take me. Uh, I freaked out and put on my Batman costume, and nobody told me that he, that there was not that that was not going to happen. So I get all ready, I get all hyped up. It's like nine o'clock at night, uh, and my parents apparently must have read a review in the newspaper that said that Batman was really violent and scary, and so. 
Literally, I was in my Batman costume ready to go see Batman the movie in theaters. And my parents go, oh, oh, wait, 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 before you go, you're not. So that was my first exposure to the Batman 89 costume. Or to the to the movie. Uh, Taylor Petcher says, uh, I really wanted to see a Greg Rucka story in Detective 1000. I I I agree. I I'm, I I understand your disappointment, and I'm sure you will get to see a Greg Rucka Batman story at some point in the future. Uh, but I'm not disappointed by most of the people they picked for this book. Well, I'm Golden. What did you think about Echo, Selena and Bruce's daughter? Cool idea, right? Like neat idea, good concept. I dig it. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to do anything with it. Um, Chase Eichler says also Darwin's Batman is just so beautifully drawn kevin little john paul valley for the arkham knight or two on the nose that's the only reason i didn't say it is because i was like i feel like it might be too on the nose like i feel like it might be too close but it would be a good use of the character because it's also kind of like an homage right because the dude used to dress as batman he wore a lot of armor he went too far maybe he feels like he is representative of like the irresponsibility of batman could be really cool I would be okay with that, by the way. I'd be down for that. Tevi Smolga says, Mine was Batman Beyond Terry and John Kent Superboy. Well, he wasn't in that cartoon, but I do get that Terry McGinnis might have been your first Batman, which actually is kind of a mind-bender for me. I'd love to know, actually, in the chat, if you, or in the comments, if you're watching this after the fact, uh, if Terry McGinnis was your first Batman. Uh, because I've never lived in a world where anybody saw that show first, and that was their first exposure to Batman. And I'd love to know if, like, the future Batman was their present Batman. Because I think that's really a cool concept. Um, and also, you could do worse. Like, Terry is a great Batman, and that universe is really, really lived in and really fun. And I love Batman Beyond. Uh, Caboose111 says, Jason Todd would be better if he was a more, I will avoid crossing the line if I can, but if it needs to be done, it will. I don't want DC's Punisher. Well, unfortunately, you are... Uh, in the minority, it seems, uh, but I do agree with you. I feel like DC's Punisher is a thing that should exist, because, like, it makes sense. Uh, but does it have to be Jason Todd? So I don't blame you. Uh, I would love to see Jason... I, I think, here's the thing, it would make Jason more understandable as a member of the Bat family if he was, like, just kind of flawed and less and less skilled than the other Bat family members. If it was, like... I wasn't good enough. As a result, I died, so I rely more on guns. If I have to. Like, I will I will cross the line. Batman doesn't cross the line because he, um, he, he, he has the skills to be able... All right, screw it. <laughs> uh, he has the skills to be able to actually overcome any, any obstacle. Uh, but with Jason, he lacks those skills, so maybe he'd rely on guns. Um, St. Luigia says, uh, or Lugia says, I think the greatest strength of Batman is the supporting characters. Alfred, Robin, Harley, uh, Quinn, uh, Batwoman, Gotham all have shows. Uh, I agree, man. Uh, the rogues gallery for Batman is the greatest villains in comics and Batman's family. Welcome back. For me, it's funny. Uh, I am a purist. I love Batman and Alfred. And that's kind of my favorite, like dynamic duo. Um, but so many people love Batman for all the Robins 
and the bat girls and the bat women and the huntresses and Catwomans and like so much more leslie Tompkins and gordon that's right i would say he's probably one of the few uh characters who their supporting cast has proved to be just as time tested as him holding up entire publishing lines at dc agreed no batman and his and his support and his like flow chart of characters helps make dc run and two, it's like, you know, that's a big deal if you're trying to, like, you know, get a new character over and introduce them. It's like, oh, what if they're a new Robin? Or like, oh, what if they're the new Bat family associate? Yeah. How can we make that happen? It'll make us more money. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you get Talon or Batwing. Hey, listen, you're going to you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And even then, they had longer runs than most characters. So, that's you know. True. Yeah. No, if if Batwing was like Hawkwing, you know. And he was part of like the, the the dark metal initiative or whatever they were calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he would have gotten twelve issues and been done with it. Heck, uh, what is it? Even the Midnighter, when they were trying to work him in harder to DC continuity, they tried to make him a Nightwing affiliate, which in turn would make him a Batman affiliate. And he was even featured in that Batman and Robin Eternal event. That's right, he was. So it's interesting how uh, how ever all roads lead back to Batman. And the Midnighter's the weirdest one, too. It's like, because aren't you like a parody deconstruction? <laughs> exactly. No, but that makes... Uh, yeah, no. I, I would foolishly be like, no, keep him as far away from Batman, because that way he can continue to operate as that kind of concept. And uh, I just mentioned Ellis. Ellis actually has uh, a thing in Detective Comics number 1000. Yes, Warren Ellis does have a have a story. Uh, and Or like a page... A couple, yeah. He, yeah. he writes brutal, take no shit, Batman. Fine by me. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Nilfinity Gaming says, I was born in 93, and my first Batman was Adam West. I think that mm. might have been one of my first live-action Batmans. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, my father's favorite Batman all these years later. I don't think my dad ever bought the more serious side of Batman. He's like, nah, Batman, you, you, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Now I gotta dance. Yeah. Chris Beck, my first Batman was Kevin Conroy, but Terry always felt like my Batman or the one made for me. And I'm 21. Mm. I'm 28 years old, by the way. Uh, dude, yeah, I hear you. I think he hits that temp that demographic. Most deaf. Um, and I'm glad to hear it because Terry was fun. Terry, uh, Terry works in the shadow of Bruce Wayne, where it's like mm. I literally can't do it anymore. You're gonna have to be good enough. People apparently like Terry so much that they're actually willing to keep that Batman Beyond book going, even though it's nothing like the Batman Beyond from the show. Yeah, that's too bad. Because that was such a such a strong concept and show. Oh, yeah. Um, it deserved We're, to continue. Kane's World... Read the Kyle Higgins uh, continuations. Right. They're the best. Exactly. Read those. Uh, Kane's World says, I can't stay. Combat cast is about to start. Take my money as an apology. Oh, yeah, that is today. Uh, for ditching the show, we'll finish on the video on demand. My favorite version of Batman is, of course, Batman the Animated Series. Thank you very much, Kane. Uh, check out and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, Batman the Animated Series is, the, is one of the best distillations of the character, bar none. Oh, yeah. Hard to top, even all these years later. Agreed. Uh, Armata, uh, Arm Amartya Acharya says hey joel jason bard of batman eternal is back in batgirl now also james jr was in this week's batgirl oh, i did see that i wondered how that worked continuity wise because it looks like he's a villain in that book but in batman who laughs they were saying he wasn't i don't know that batman who laughs book is cool and awesome i wonder if it's even happening in this universe 
I keep waiting for that to be the twist and be like, oh, wait, this was just a dry run the Batman who laughs was doing before he goes to the real Earth. Right. Uh, and uh, Kumar Abhishek says, what is your favorite Detective Comics issue or issues? Mm, there was a lot of really good tying ones, obviously, when Snyder himself was writing. Uh, Black Mirror, that was really goddamn good. Black Mirror is so good. <laughs> It really is, just from start to finish. Yeah, um, I love. I'm this sure one. there's ones I'm missing. Oh yeah, no, I have, a, I have, a, they're right. Here. I'm touching them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll be honest, like the Brayfogle Alan Grant run um, were some of my favorites because they're so like weird because they're dark but fun. Yeah. Um, you know, anything that is written by uh, Denny O'Neill was great. Uh, the the Black Mirror run was incredible uh, and unexpected, um, so for me that those are those are some of my favorite issues. Uh, were, were those encapsulating? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bernadette Ewerts, uh says, "Can you imagine DC if all Bat and Bat adjacent characters were removed? It feels like no, half never. the published books would disappear. Uh, it would. Literally. It wouldn't feel like that. It would be that. Uh, but there's actually an episode I think of one of Benny's shows over on Comic Story and where." We talk about that where I, I, I basically pitched this whole thing of like a of like a kill Batman, get rid of everything kind of thing. A world without a Batman. Yeah, I think I, I don't remember, but I feel like that was a discussion where I'm like, you get rid of all these books and you get maybe that was a Spider-Man. Now that I think about it, but either way, you could do it, but you'd have to couch it as like a thing. You couldn't just be like, we're not going to publish Batman for a year, a year without Batman. Yeah, but you could hashtag a year without Batman do a thing the way that they did the world without Superman where like right. Superman died, but they didn't cancel all four of his books. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could kill Batman like the way that they, and they never really did it that, that, that they never went that far again. The no, way they that always Superman. got cold feet. Yeah. Like when Batman went away and uh, Gordon took over and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like they never quite went, far enough where it's like no no they didn't nobody like grayson doesn't occupy his role gordon doesn't do it either nobody replaces batman it's a He's world without batman we just see the world that he leaves behind like we what we like detective is the alfred book like batman Ooh, is the gordon nice. book you know like that kind of thing I like that. I like that a lot. I would love to see that, but that's the only way you could do it is for like a they, they they would never do it as we've seen. They get cold feet way too easily. Oh, they do indeed. Uh, and uh, Amarta Acharya says Ed Brubaker and David Laffam's run were were good. Yeah. Yeah. No, Brubaker's Batman is. It's funny that it's, it's easy to forget because it's just like yeah, no, it's it's really good. It's just very solid. I don't remember anything where I was like oh shit, but I was just kind of like. This is a solid run. Like, this is a solid writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that in mind, Joel, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, uh, what do you think is uh, the future for Batman? Do you think in, like, 25 to 30 years, they're just going to, like, have it be the same? Like, do you think it's going to look exactly like this, but with, like, yeah. with like 10 more characters? Or do you yes. think it's going to be drastically different? Uh, yes, I think it's going to be exactly like how it is now. I think Batman truly is eternal. He is evergreen. I think, you know, Batman will outlive us all. And oh, I think yeah. he'll be doing most the same things. Maybe may, maybe the villain lineup will change, but that's about it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you will get evergreen Batman stories in 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Batman will always be like a dude who swings from a rope. 
and like drives a cool car and goes to a cave and has an elderly British butler who takes care of him. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to be like, uh, even if they did, like, let's say they killed Alfred and replaced him with a friggin' Jarvis robot, like, or his daughter, or his daughter, which no, um, which they did, which they did. Uh, they'll always bring him back, and they'll do it again. Like they'll, it'll never stay that way for long. The status quo must always be maintained. Yeah, and I think in some cases that is a detriment to the character. And with Batman, I think that is a testament to his Shakespearean status of always being able to exist in every time period. Yeah, for sure. It's why I think people like Batman the Animated Series so much, because it is like a Schrodinger's Batman. It's the four, it's black and white TVs and hyper-fast computers and the internet mm-hmm. and, and puzzle boxes for children. Like, it, totally timeless. What? Like, all of these things don't work together, but somehow, because it's, it's the Animated Series, it does. It's a wonderful stew. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up the show, but before we do... I want you to share with us in the comments down below uh, where you think Batman will be in 30 years. Yeah. Um, by the way, Logan Shirley also said, how do you feel about Deanie's Heart of Hush arc? Uh, I'll be honest, I avoided anything Hush, hush related after <laughs> Hush 1. The first one. Uh, so, but when I heard it was Deanie, I was like, I guess I should read it, and I just never got around to doing it. So I got to pick it up. It's all right. Um, there you go. Uh, but before we go, I just wanted to say thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to catch the extra show over on patreon.com slash comic pop hashtag long live the bat. Hey, you want DC universe? Check out uh bat 80 Sal DCU save 20% on a year long subscription. See if it's white for you. Um, oh yeah. But only if you're in America, <laughs> only if you're in America and nowhere else, everywhere else. You can just watch else. it on probably Netflix. Uh, <laughs> And Eventually. Andrew, Andrew Strzelinski says, uh, thank you very much for, you know, help, like, well, thank you very much for helping us out. And uh, with that in mind, we will see you guys next time here on the Elseworlds Exchange. Happy birthday, Batman. Yay. Congratulations and let old acquaintance be forgot. <laughs> all those congr- all, all those, uh, those old tides. Uh, you know, all many those, happy uh, returns. Many happy returns for you, Batman. May you, yeah, many more happy returns than the time you did return, and there were uh, penguins with rocket launchers on their backs. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for watching us, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long. <laughs>